Welcome to Now Nostalgia, your weekly look at what's going on now in pop culture. I'm your host, Patrick Sheehan, along with my co-host, the man, the myth, the superhero, Dave Martinson. Dave, what's going on? I don't even know how to respond to that. I wish I had superpowers, but I don't. Pat, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing pretty good, man. We had a, a great week last week, Marvel superhero bracket, yeah. really, and, and villains, and we're going to do a little bit more superhero talk today, so I hope you didn't get enough last week. Yeah, it's still coming. And if you happen to miss that Heroes vs. Villains bracket talk, or our thoughts on Civil War, among other things, you can listen to that episode at soundcloud.com slash pod. So we got a lot to talk about this week, but Dave, I always pick where we start, so I'm going to let you kind of lead at least the first discussion this week, then I'll probably take over. Now, I really appreciate your generosity, Pat, and it couldn't have come at a better time because, as I sort of predicted, Divergent 3 Allegiant bombed at the box office this past weekend with only 29 million Shocker. opening. Shocker. Yes. Really bad considering Insurgent was 52 million and the first Diversion was 54 million. And coming off Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 2, failing to meet expectations last November, I asked you the question, Pat, has the young adult dystopia novel adaptation movie bubble burst? Has it burst? Are we, are we at critical mass with these movies? You can never get enough of these movies, Dave. They're just the best. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, the, the public has reached its limit. It's, it's at max capacity right now. Mockingjay, parts one and two, kind of suck. Yeah. No one really went to go see those. And I think the, the numbers show that, right? The numbers do show that. Right. And I, I have to be honest, I didn't see any of these Maze Runner movies. Like The kids today got run over or something like that, yeah. broke all these bones. How does that happen? <laughs> I don't know. He, must have, he had have been doing a stunt or... I, I'm hoping that that's what it was. Yeah, Dylan O'Brien got injured on the set of the Maze Runner Death Cure, and they had to postpone filming for three weeks. And the only thing I have to ask is, why are they making a third Maze Runner movie? <laughs> that, that's a great point. And I, I I don't know how many of those books that there are. I think I that's the last one. I hope so, because they need to stop doing this. It, Lionsgate needs to start making some better decisions with films. It, it may, may be our best film of the year. Maybe... Maybe the best film of the decade in Gods versus Egypt. God, God, Gods of Egypt. Egypt. Yeah, Gods of Egypt. <laughs> there we go. Obviously, I saw that. And, you know, Allegiant now, bombing at the box office. We need to stop. Yeah. As a society, we need to stop. Yeah, it seems that studios are probably going to are going to focus on those more melodramatic, relatable young adult movies. The Nicholas Sparks adaptations, like Paper Towns and Fallen Our Stars, those kind of things, <laughs> those actually do really well still. Because they're... They all seem to be... They're actually more unique, I guess, even though I think they're all the same movie, but people like those. They're more romantic, and I think that romantic movies like that are always going to have more of a draw because you know what you're going into. You're not going in thinking, oh, this is the next Mockingjay. You're going in thinking, all right, I'm going to... I'm going to see a love story, they're going to not be together at one part, they're going to get together, then something's going to pull them apart and they're going to come back together at the end. Unless it's the fault in our stars where they can never be together because one of them dies. Spoiler alert. But, with that said... Check out the SNL skit, The Group Hopper. Hmm. It's a really funny commentary on all these movies and how they're all the same thing. Was that this season? I think it was last season. Pete Davidson's in it. He's a funny guy. Pete Davidson, very funny guy. Anything else to say on this? Because I don't ever want to talk about these movies. Nah, they suck. All right, let's move on to something a little bit more interesting. Sean Parker of 
the social network fame, played by Justin Timberlake, and he looks just like him too. If you see him, he in does life. just look like him. Even though Parker says that his portrayal in Social Network was not what he's like in real life. <laughs> Anyways, the Napster founder, of no, course, Sean, Sean Parker. Done world, a lot of stuff. Billionaire. World, world renowned good dude. Known for Spotify, Napster, Facebook. He is starting a new venture called The Screening Room. The Screening Room is going to be a video on demand type service where you can watch movies that are in the box office in your home that day. Day one. It's going to cost 150 to set up a, a box top, and then you have to pay $50 flat fee for every movie you want to watch that's in theaters in your home. Right. So initially, I mean, this sounds like a dream for anyone that just wants to skip going to a movie theater. I mean, sit in your home, eat the food you want to eat, drink the food you want to drink. You could get drunk while you're there. I mean, some movie theaters are incorporating alcohol now. but Yeah, they are. More independent ones. But it's not as glamorous as it seems, is it, Dave? Yeah, there's some people, there's a lot of people out there that really like VOD, video on demand, and they're more than happy to buy digital goods, whether it's anything, video games, movies, anything. And being able to skip the movie theater aspect and just get it in your home right away could be very appealing to some people. That being said, I think the price is a little high for anyone short of, you know, big groups, big families. Like, if you're a single person, this would not make sense for you at all. I'm sorry, like, you either need to wait for it to go to normal on-demand through cable, or just go see it in the theater, because you'd just be wasting money. Absolutely agree, and I, there actually is a competitor called Cinex. It's been started by a man named Sehan Atkin mm-hmm. in a Rockville, Maryland startup. They've had this kind of technology and, and idea going for a while, a couple of years now, and they have the same idea, you know, 160 for a, a box top setup, and then you actually put in a what's it called on the xbox where it scans the room connect connect like, they, a, they like, have a, a, like a camera sensor yeah they have a connect technology that uses thermal imaging to actually count how many, how many people are in the room yeah and that and then it charges per viewer yeah see i, feel, I think that idea while probably well well-intentioned you know for the mm-hmm. sake of getting people their money that's not that appealing to people people you pay 50 bucks for this movie to have it as you get as many viewings as you want i don't know if you, it's as many as you want but even regardless, you pay $50 one time, you get enough right. people over at your house that I guess it is worth it, plus you factor in mm-hmm. the convenience of it being in your home. Right. But paying per viewer and not paying for this technology, I really wouldn't be a fan of that. I wouldn't either. And I think the thing, I mean, they have a lot of people backing this. Uh, Martin Scorsese, J.J. Abrams, Steven Spielberg, Peter Jackson, Ron Howard, like the five yeah. big names that are, are backing Huge names, are backing absolutely. Parker. But then some some people are against it. James Cameron, Christopher Nolan are like the two are the two big notable directors out who have spoken out against it. I think the thing I dislike most about this is for me personally, going to the movies is an experience. Agreed. I I know it's expensive. If you want to see a movie and mm-hmm. get something to eat, it's usually at least fifteen bucks. Yeah. But I still enjoy it. I mean, and, and sitting in a movie theater. Especially like, for example, Mad Max Fury Road last oh, yeah. year. If you didn't see that in the theater, you really didn't get the full experience because of the sound. Being in that dark theater where it's, you're doing nothing but just watching this movie really is what makes it. Yeah, absolutely. Any movie that I'm excited for, any action movie, any of these superhero movies we've talked about and we'll keep talking about, anything like that that I know visually is stunning and you know, the sound design is really good, those are movies I make a huge point of seeing in the theater just because the experience is that much greater comedies, Oscar flicks, those kind of movies, the experience isn't as enhanced 
as much seeing the theater, so sometimes I'll just let, like, you know, rent them or let, let, right. let them come to me. But I can see why directors would want to support this venture just because it's probably a forward-thinking way to combat piracy mm-hmm. because less people are going to the theaters, relatively speaking. It's not like the theater's dead. Obviously, look at the ticket sales. Even when you adjust for inflation, movies are still doing really well. But it's another option. People love options nowadays, and they love convenience. So given this, conveni- this option of convenience... People like you and I aren't a fan of it, but some people, it's more than you know reasonable for them. Absolutely, and I think the piracy point is a really good one. And obviously, that would probably be a major issue for some people mm-hmm. with having it just stream right to your TV. You could just set up a camera and watch it. The Cinex technology actually would combat that. They have yeah. developed it to that extent, which is pretty sweet. But I think the fact still remains, this is a very new idea and yeah. there's a lot of kinks to be worked out. So it's no nowhere close to being a perfect product yet, but it's definitely the next wave of the future of movie watching. Yeah, we'll see it for sure. I mean, you got to remember, movies are already coming out. Same day, digital, crackle, stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. The interview, obviously, ended up going yep. to Netflix, not by choice. Beast of No Nation was right to Netflix movie. Right. So you're going to keep seeing this stuff more and more, especially as the first few ventures have been successful. So technology like this is just the natural next step so we'll really see where it goes from here well i think that a movie that maybe we'll be we'll be able to watch in our homes when it first comes out (laughs) would be tomb raider coming out in 2018 and a little while from now they have a director his name is roar uthog they already have a script warner and mgm are producing daisy ridley is rumored to be the new young tomb raider yeah, it sounds like it's a really good match just because if we think back about Tomb Raider in 2001, 2003, the two movies with Angelina Jolie, so a few things that the Lara Croft character, which is, you know, obviously a seminal video game character, mm-hmm. needs to have. You need She needs to have the physicality of the role. Something I said right. last week about Chris Pratt and Indiana Jones. Yep. You need the physicality of the role of Lara Croft, and you just need to... You need to command the screen to be the leading protagonist. She just and, proved she can be Daisy really did exactly that as Rey in The Force Awakens. And she actually looks kind of similar to the she does. You, you could picture her in that kind of like get costume or get up. And Especially it, like her it, mouth. Yeah, yeah. It, would, it, would, it would seem to fit right in. And just recently, actually, at the Empire Awards, where Daisy Ridley and John Boyega were there, she commented on the rumors and said there has been talks, mm-hmm. but there's no script yet which is usually something you need before you ever cast anyone. Mm-hmm. And also, she ha- she wants to explicitly be asked. She doesn't just want, you know, this you know this groundswell of fans like you and I be like, yeah, perfect casting. She wants, you know, the people that matter to actually ask her to do it. Right, yeah. Which the, I understand. Yeah, the exact quote is, there have been conversations, I'm waiting for someone to say, I want you, let's do it. Right. Who is going to say no to Daisy Ridley after she's been Rey in Star Wars? Yeah, and she said she wants to fill up her calendar as well. So mm-hmm. the thought of doing too much, not a concern. No, not at all. I think that she would be perfect for the part. But I can also see Daisy Ridley after playing, I mean, a, a similar type role as mm-hmm. Rey in Star Wars. Maybe you wanted to do something different. I mean, yeah, attaching yourself to too many franchises, like we just said about Chris Pratt last week, soundcloud.com slash nostalgiapod. If you missed it. Read us on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, can, it can be risky. Maybe she would want to... Branch out. Branch out and st- do Star Wars on one hand. Obviously, she's got at least two more of those. And then maybe do some smaller films to maybe the Kieran Knightley type career path where you get your big money from Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. and then you do those Atonements and Anna Karina's and right. those other smaller movies on the side. So you could see that or you could see her doing a young Jennifer Lawrence and just 
taking as much big stuff as possible. Either way, from what we've seen from The Force Awakens, I think it would be a good move. Yeah, I think this is actually an interesting question, and she's kind of at a pivotal moment, in it, so to speak, in a way. Because she's super young. She is super young, but if, if you attach yourself to too many franchises, then you do become like Jennifer Lawrence, and some people such as myself, get burnt out from seeing you everywhere all the time. Right. Every, with Bradley Cooper all the time. David Russell, gotta stop. Find, find a new partner. <laughs> Anybody. You and, and the, the Golden Boy going to be in Fantastic Eddie Beasts. Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> you guys have to do a movie together, something. But I, I do think Daisy would be perfect for the part. Like you said, she has all the, the tools. Mm-hmm. She's going to be a younger Tomb Raider, which I think is interesting. It's following the video games pretty closely is what they're saying, which is interesting as well. Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics, they just made two rebooted Tomb Raider games. The most recent one came out last fall, Rise of the Tomb Raider. And some people actually wanted Camilla Ludington, who did the mocap for Lara in Mm -hmm. the video games, to be the uh, lead in the movie. But I don't know if that's ever going to get too popular just because she's not well-known enough, even though she did a really good job with that. I mean, she looks the part, obviously. Yeah. But if you can go to someone like Daisy Ridley, who's as bankable as they come at the moment, it makes sense. Yeah, she's a rising star. And I think, you know, talking about maybe where we think her career should go would be a conversation for a larger pod. But why don't we move on to the real meat and potatoes of today? We're going to give you your, your meal right now. So last week we talked <laughs> about Marvel. Marvel heroes and villains. And please go listen to that on Nostalgia Pod on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash Nostalgia Pod. Tweet at us. At Nostalgia Pod, you can look out for the links there. We're also on Stitcher and iTunes. Just search Nostalgia and iTunes will pop right up. And leave us five stars, please. Yeah. And, and a comment. And if you don't think Daisy Ridley is a good fit for Lara Croft, tell us why. Tweet us. Absolutely. So now we're going to figure out how you beat Marvel. How does DC beat Marvel? Yeah. Civil War coming up. Well. Phase three of Marvel. Yeah, a lot of Marvel movies already made. This Thursday, DC has their second installment in their plan to beat Marvel with Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. Yeah. So it's directed by Zack Snyder, starring Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Yep. Spoiler alert. Henry Cavill as Clark Kent slash Superman. Spoiler alert. Reprising his role from Man of Steel, the only DC cinematic film that we've had thus far Mm -hmm. from 2013. Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Yep. An interesting choice, I think. Amy Adams reprising her role as Lois Lane from Man of Steel. Yep. And then we have Gal Gadot as Diana Prince slash Wonder Woman. Spoiler alert. Alfred is played by Jeremy Irons, which I just thought was kind of cool. That's awesome. (laughs) And then uh, Ray Fisher playing Cyborg. Yes, Cyborg, as well as Jason Momoa playing Aquaman, and Ezra Miller playing The Flash, those three characters are expected to have small cameo-type roles, and as the title suggests, Dawn of Justice, you would think some Justice League movies are coming out, and turns out we already know that that is in fact true. Justice League Part 1, 2017, Justice League Part 2, 2019. Mm -hmm. So, doing more or less the opposite of what Marvel did, and we're kind of going for the Justice League movies early as opposed to establishing the characters over time with solo films. But either way, Batman vs. Superman, with a lot of new characters, comes out when by the time you're listening to this today. When that first teaser trailer came out, it was underwhelming. And it actually made me really concerned for this movie. It looked like there was too much going on, that there was too much backstory that they had to cover, and that I felt like the movie was going to be a mess. You didn't really see a whole lot in that teaser. It was a little shorter, you know, being teaser. Mm-hmm. But I can understand that concern. The, the first thing I took from that trailer was that 
Bruce Wayne was in Metropolis during the final events of Man of Steel where spoilers, Superman and General Zod had this horrific brawl and a lot of people die, which got criticized by a lot of people because it's very un-Superman-like. Sure. But that's a topic for another day. But Ben Affleck was there, and he assumingly experienced loss, and that's why he has this resentment for Superman, because he watched mm-hmm. Superman be the result of all this bad stuff, destroying half a city, all these people dying. Right. So I thought, I thought that was a really interesting way to naturally pit them against each other before the movie even started. It's actually interesting, because it kind of like Civil War, where it's Iron Man and Captain America, and they have these two very differing views on the role superheroes should play. Right. This is kind of looking at... Are superheroes actually a danger? Almost a, a similar, uh, along the same lines of the Civil War premise, in a way. Is, is Superman too powerful? Yeah. Is he Could he go off and destroy us all? And he could. And Well, exactly. And the cool thing about that teaser was we saw Superman kind of fly up to Congress or some kind of government building. Right. And, I mean, think about it. He's an alien mm-hmm. that we don't know how what he can do, how strong he is. And him going before the government and, assumingly, explaining himself or whatever that may be. I thought that was an, an, another awesome thing. And it's really setting up how DC is, at least right now, more darker, more... more brooding. As down, yeah, brooding for sure. Down to earth, as Superman can get, anyway. Sure. Than Marvel, which is always, you know, just as violent, but much more lighthearted. Yeah, absolutely. Then the the first full length trailer came out, and we see Doomsday, yeah. and we see and Wonder, Woman. Wonder Woman, and, and Lex talking, yeah, <laughs> and being annoying, which is probably good for Lex Luthor, but also very. I, different I really than love that Lex portrayal. You don't like it, really? It, well, it's it's different. I think it's cool. Usually, you think about Lex Luthor as like this businessman, yeah, very bald serious, dude in bald, a suit, right? Bald. Yeah. And Jesse Eisenberg was like. He was the exact opposite. Hey, he seems maniacal. I like it. Yeah, and I, I think he's a good gonna, actor. He he's a great actor. I think it's going to be a really interesting take on Lex Luthor. But I was actually even more concerned after that trailer because seeing Wonder Woman, seeing Doomsday, I thought they played a little bit too much of their hand, almost like the same way that Marvel showing Spider Man. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Showing your third act twist reveal, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. too early, or showing it a period in the trailer. Can be bad just because you lose the suspense. And now a lot of people criticize it by saying, "Oh, well, we see Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman together against Doomsday, so we know they're going to team up." Okay, that's a terrible take. We know they're going to team up. Right. We have a Justice League movie already coming out. It's called Dawn of Justice. Batman, and Superman are going to—they're not going to kill one of them. Right. You know they're going to make up at the end. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that lessens the stakes at all. But showing Doomsday really gets you thinking about this plot. And still, there's a ton we don't know. Oh, that's not even thinking about this cameo, just how this plot goes, all the twists and turns of what we've seen in those trailers. I'm actually really intrigued by this movie just because I really want to know where it goes. Civil War is something where, even if it's not as formulaic as I think it's going to be, I'm, you know, I'm down, mm-hmm. I'm with it. I, whatever happens, I'm down with it. But Batman vs Superman, there's so much unknown still. And that's right. really intriguing to me. I think it's also interesting to think how maybe a Batman villain might play some sort some small role, even if it's just for background. Right. Uh, well, they confirmed the Joker. Yes, existing. They did. Which I think it's so cool that we already have the Joker established and having an old Batman. Right. We, we, he's already been doing his Batman thing for some time, as opposed to we're not doing an origin. We are going to flash back and see his parents, mm-hmm. played by uh, Maggie from The Walking Dead, Lauren Cohen, <laughs> and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. 
who's going to play Negan the Walking Dead. Because the villain. You, you know what the world needs? We need more uh, Martha and Bruce Wayne uh, yeah, exactly. getting we, killed. Right. We, is, is his name uh, the dad's name? Thomas and Martha Wayne. Sorry. Yeah, we need more Thomas and Martha Wayne scenes of them getting killed. I think they're going to do it quick, but still, we probably didn't need it at all. No. But yeah, seeing a cool... <laughs> Uh, seeing an old, grizzled Batman, knowing the Joker's already out there, and, you know, there's the rumors that Robin's dead, mm-hmm. or Jason Todd, the second Robin, is in fact the Joker. There's a lot of cool stuff. We're really getting into the deep cuts, like, right away, and I think that's awesome. No, absolutely. There's there's some really cool, different parts to this this time. Mm-hmm. I mean, every... I guess Batman, in a way, almost has the same the same critique as Spider-Man, where they're always around the same age, and they're always going through the same stuff, and now they're going different directions. Spider-Man's going younger, Batman's going older right. in this movie. So it'll be giving us a different view of them. There actually was an interview with Zack Snyder. He said the Riddler and the Joker were both contemplated to be, or right. were thought to be in the movie, but they didn't put the Riddler in, which is interesting, because I think you actually see... In the teaser trailer, you see them show some of Batman's suits, and they have, like, ha-ha written on them. Maybe yeah. that's in oh. the Suicide tra- Squad trailer? I don't think so. No, 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 you're right. That's in the first teaser, and that's what right. got people thinking that maybe the Joker killed Robin, right. or Jason Todd Robin is the Joker, mm-hmm. which would which be a cool twist on you know, a lot of classic storylines. But I thought that they even tried to have Riddler in there. It may almost makes you want this movie to be four hours long, just because there's so many people in it. And I probably could have done without Cyborg, Flash, and Aquaman being in there. Obviously, I don't know yeah. what capacity that is. But that's that, my chief concern is that someone's going to get Captain Phasma and just not get enough screen time to do them justice, even if the plans for them down the line are great. Right, and it's going to feel as if they're they're hurried in and they don't really belong. Right. That is pro- that would probably be my biggest fear, just uh, that they have so much to cover. You know, they have Wonder Woman, who apparently has a pretty significant role in this. Uh, apparently she's a scene stealer. Yeah, that's what we know. I've been trying to stay away from a lot of the early reviews, it's still embargoed, but, you know, critics have been tweeting out thoughts. I, actually, I really want to go into this with a open mind. I'm not, like, a huge DC fan or even a huge Marvel fan. I just, you know, started getting into the stuff once the movies were coming out. Right. But I think this movie is just so cool that no one ever expected us to see Doomsday in a live-action movie. Like, are we no. kidding? That's insane. Not to mention everyone else is already being in there. Jason Momoa is playing Aquaman, Khal Drogo from Game of Thrones. Is that awesome. Great casting. Yeah, great. <laughs> Actually, I, I think the casting for all superheroes has been pretty good. I was probably the most unsure about Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. Really? Oh, Batman. Yeah. Ben Affleck's been killing it lately, though. But here's the thing, is that... Argo, the town. So I think about him, the last movie I saw him in. I saw him in Gone Girl, and after that movie, I just did not think... You didn't like him in Gone Girl? He was great in Gone oh, Girl, but I did not think... Oh, Bruce you know who's, Sidebar, you know who's awesome in Gone Girl that I didn't expect? Tyler freaking Perry. He's the man in Gone Girl. <laughs> he has, totally he changed my opinion of the dude. As a defense attorney, he was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't so sure about him until I saw the last trailer. Oh, when, when he has out. the fight in the beginning. Yes. Oh, that was that was really intense, and that got me really excited. And after I saw that, I watched that trailer. No worries. It's so good. I have no worries about him as Batman, and I think Ezra. Ezra Miller. Uh, yeah, Ezra, Ezra Miller as Flash is actually really good casting for the Flash. He he looks young. He has a, like a quirky personality. Yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah, he's a great actor. The only thing about that that makes me sad is Grant Gustin is a great Flash for the CW the TV, TV shows. But obviously they're not connected. We've known that for a while, so if they, you know they couldn't cast him. But mm-hmm. it just sucks because he did such a good job in the show. I would have liked him to keep that going, but I understand. Uh, I'm excited to see all these. I think the casting has been great. Like I said, I- Eisenberg I think is interesting as Lex Luthor. He'll probably be a very polarizing aspect, just because people are going to be annoyed by his 
delivery. I, I, I think so, too. I mean, Cavill, I think, is a great Superman. Just kind of like that perfect... Like He's kind of boring. Superman's a boring character. But then character, again, he, he, so is Captain America. Right. They're just vanilla dudes. Yeah, and... Uh, and Superman isn't, doesn't need to be like that, either. That's just the problem with Superman's character. He's hard to portray. Hard right. to write. Absolutely. But I think it's going to be good. Early, early reviews say... I mean, some of them are over the top, saying it's the best superhero movie of all time. Which I doubt that. I would be very surprised. There's too, there's too many moving parts for this to be the best ever, but I really see no way this is bad. It just can't be. I'm a big Zack Snyder fan. I know mm-hmm. some of you might be crawling out of the woodwork right now and saying, oh yeah, I like Zack Snyder too. No, everyone hated Zack Snyder. 300 was awesome, but most of you hated Watchmen. And Watchmen is freaking fantastic. I think it's a great movie. Watchmen's awesome. Sucker Punch sucked, I know. But um, man, he did Man of Steel, which was very polarizing as well. But overall, Zack Snyder is like, he's the Kevin Feige of DC. That's Marvel's uh, CEO. For, Zack Snyder's the keeper of the keys, so you just got to have faith in the dude. And I think he knows what he's doing. Well, it, this is an essential movie for him. Uh, yeah. I mean, Man of Steel was, it got mediocre, I would say, reviews. I mean, it was a good movie, but it's it wasn't aged a little better. But this is huge because it's setting up this right. all all these movies. I mean, I think you ran through a couple of them. Suicide Squad's coming out later this year, and then yep. we have Wonder Woman, and then Justice League, The Flash, Aquaman. I mean, there's a lot coming out. Shazam yeah. in yeah. 2019, and then Cyborg and Green Lantern uh, in 2020, and a Batman film as well. And if this movie flops, I mean, it really sets. Yeah, I mean, this- if you you want to think about this, think about Iron Man coming out. And then the next movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe was The Avengers. Right. Iron Man to The Avengers. That is basically what this is doing. Mm-hmm. There are only just three returning characters. Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, and Lawrence Fishburne, who plays Perry. From, yeah, the from editor in The Daily Planet. His bo- yeah, The Daily Planet. All those new characters, you need to I think they're going to do it right, but it's very risky because if this flops, well, they're already committed to this slate, but it's just it's not going to engender goodwill. I mean... I guess what I was gonna say is they have to, they can't spare a minute. They really need to make every minute count. Mm-hmm. It's 153 minutes, so they have plenty of time to do yeah. this right. And that's actually gonna, I think it's gonna be really cool because they're probably not gonna waste a single frame, so this is probably gonna be 0 to 100 the whole time. It's gonna be jam packed. And if you remember the Doomsday trailer, those apocalypse scenes with those flying mm-hmm. apocalypse soldiers attacking Batman, you can really go down the rabbit hole and try and figure out what this movie's about. I think. The, one of the main rumors is you see Zod's body, Shannon, his back yep. is dead Zod, and maybe they clone his cells and make a Bizarro, which is like an anti-Superman, or maybe that becomes Doomsday. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go with this, and it's, just, it's really cool. It is really cool. I would say don't spend too much time trying to figure it out. Just go see it yeah. this weekend. Avoid the critics. Listen to us, and yeah. then go see <laughs> the movie. So, Dave, any last predictions for this, or anything you want to say? Yeah, it's probably going to slay the box office, going to mm-hmm. take Allegiant and just bury it. I don't know. Allegiant could have a, a second weekend uh, comeback and bury this. I mean, I found, I found it funny that Allegiant got uh, beaten bad by Zootopia. Zootopia is an unexpected hit. It's people say out. it's good. It's been out for a couple weeks. Yeah, people say it's good, though. It's just cool. Allegiant stays losing. Miles Teller stays losing. Yeah. And uh, what, what happened to Sh- uh, Shalene Woodley? She's young, but... She's in bad movies. She needs to pick better movies. She was good in The Descendants. Her first role was with George Clooney. So don't judge her all the way. But yeah, don't watch these movies. I think this movie is going to kill at the box office. I think I'm going to be pleasantly surprised. All yes. my worries will be put to rest. Awesome that's a March movie too. Yeah. I have very few Superman movies at all come out in March, but especially one as big as this, you got to figure they wanted this to be a 
Well, actually, this was supposed to come out last summer in July, and they pushed it back a long time. But it's probably not wise for them to go up against Captain America in May. And they want to be farther away from Suicide Squad anyway, so I exactly, understand. Exactly, that was going to be my point. So, it's cool. I'm excited. We'll talk yeah. about it when, as soon as we see it. So, yeah, next, we'll, next week. We'll give you guys a review, and we'll probably talk about whatever else comes up in pop culture that time. Yeah. But... Midnight uh, Special, that's on my list as well. Sure. If, if, we can, uh, if we can get out and see it, we'll definitely talk about yeah. that as well. Maybe we'll do a movie review next week. So Sweet. Stay tuned. SoundCloud.com slash NostalgiaPod. Where can they find you, Dave? I, I just want to hear your thoughts on my Twitter. I'm going to follow just you. I mean, there's worse things you could do. <laughs> you can follow me at Martin Swagger, M-A-R-T-I-N-S-W-A-G-R, hashtag stay woke. Pat, where can we find you? At Sheeny, S-H-E-E-N-Y, world, W-R-L-D, no O, peace, P-A-C-E, uh, hashtag Meta World Peace. You follow me on Twitter, follow the pod at NostalgiaPod yes. on Twitter. Let us know your Wait. thoughts, if you agree, you disagree. What you thought about Men for Superman. And share us with, with your friends and family. We, we want to try to grow this audience. Give us some feedback. And as always, stay cool. Peace. And this here's been a long round, so I gotta go. It's logic. The one nobody would vouch for. How's that shit for an outro? Mm-hmm.